Welcome to the Content Journeys podcast, a monthly discussion about the world of content in business. I'm your host, Alan Porter. From practical use cases to the latest innovations, we'll take a look at where we are today and where we are going tomorrow. In short, the journeys we take with our content. Each month, we chat to an invited guest from the world of content, practitioners, analysts, industry thought leaders, creative and operational folks to give a wider perspective as possible on how content impacts the business at every stage of the digital supply chain, from the idea to the customer experience. This month, I'm delighted to be joined by Jack Molasani, founder and organizer of the LavaCon Content Strategy Conference. And I've asked Jack to join us on the Content Journeys podcast to chat about his own journey as the provider of one of the content industry's key events. Before we dive in, Jack, could you give us a little background about yourself and why the world of content is something that you got involved in? Certainly. I started my career as a project officer in the United States Air Force, and we did a lot of content as part of my job. When I got out of the Air Force, I became a sales engineer. From there, went into technical writing. And then I was in the Society for Technical Communications Annual Leadership Day. And someone had pointed out that none of the chapters in the Pacific Rim chapters ever got to go to their own regional conference because they're always held on the mainland. Someone said, why don't we have a combined Region 7, Region 8 conference hold it smack dab in the middle in Hawaii? And I raised my hand, went, um, I'll run that one. And we had it in the fall of 2000. Our break-even was about 140 people, 560 showed up. At the end, everyone kept saying, I can't wait till next year. I'm going, there is no next year. I can't wait till the next one. I'm like, hmm, maybe there's an opportunity here. And I started my own content conference. It was geared towards the manager level. So how do you plan a content project? How do you staff up for a content project? And it's called LavaCon because we started in Hawaii. And that's how I got here. Very cool. I think you just actually answered one of the questions that I had for later on, but thank you very much. You're just going to make me think on the fly here, Jack. So So we have a couple of standard questions that we always like to start these episodes with. And the first one is you use the term content a lot. I mean, you and I use that term every day, but what does that word actually mean to you when you hear it in a business environment? What does the word content mean? For those of us of the audience who can't see us, which would be everyone, Both Alan and I have a little gray in our beards because we've been doing this a while. And I have to say that I remember the days when we wrote user manuals on yellow pads of paper and gave it to the typing pool. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So content to me used to be, quote, technical writing. But then it also included illustrations. And then we went to animations. And then we went to dynamic HTML help. And so on and so on. So content to me includes any kind of information that is conveyed to the consumer, whether that's a video, an animation, an interactive exercise, illustration, or words even. And do you think that is any different in a business environment as opposed to just every day? I mean, we hear the word content. You go on YouTube and everybody's a content creator these days. Do you think there's any difference in that definition of the word content as opposed to what you come across within a company that you may be dealing with or something like that? Emphatically, yes, there is a difference. Social media and marketing tend to use content as what are we going to sell the customer, whether it's a movie, a commercial, an endorsement by a celebrity, where content in a business tends to be information that I'm not going to say users use, customers use, whether that is a how-to manual, 
a web support page, a how-to video. So depending on where you are in the organization, content and content strategy mean, means two different things. So on one hand, you've got more of the media and marketing. On the other hand, you've got multi-channel publishing. Don't you think there's an overlap between those two? I mean, one of the key favorite phrases that I like to use, and I actually used it on a presentation a couple of days ago, was that all marketing is content, but all content is marketing. A lot of companies, they were getting switched onto the idea that that sort of business content you were just talking about that helps the customer do something is also great marketing content because it builds that relationship. I have to keep reminding myself that on a audio podcast, being a tie-in and having studied sign language, I use my hands a lot. So I'm sitting here nodding yes and this, and nobody can see it. So I have to verbalize yes, yes. I agree with what you said. One of the ways I describe what we should be doing is what I call the United Nations of Content, where you get all the stakeholders at the same table, at the same authority level, and everybody has an equal voice at the table. So marketing has content. Technical writing has content. Tech support has content. You also have learning content, policies and procedures content, right? So there's absolutely an overlap between marketing content and say user tech support content. I have an example if you want me to share one. Yeah, sure. I always like examples. One of the cell phone carriers, I'm not going to name which one, had a tech support page on how to replace the battery in their cell phone back when you could replace your battery yourself. And if you logged in, they know who you were, what product you owned. If you logged in to say, how do I change my battery? It would send an interrupt to their marketing system who would then display on the same page, oh, here is a coupon to upgrade to the next XYZ version phone. So they're using that tech support opportunity to upsell you to a new product. How much of that product was tech support? How much was marketing? Is it a blend of both? I say yes. That's good. I actually like that example. That's really good. I wish more companies actually did that sort of thing. I actually like the fact that they knew who you were when you logged in and what product you got, because that's actually pretty rare too. Not too many companies do that. They treat every experience like a first date, like they've never seen you before. And I'm going to get on my customer experience soapbox now. But <laughs> I have a very strong opinion on personalized content experiences, helpful or creepy. And I'll give you an example. Good friend of ours, Tom Johnson. Not the first time his name's come up on this podcast, by the way. Indeed. So Tom had posted on Facebook a comment that he did a Google search, and the first hit that came up was technical communication related. He said, how cool is that? And that seemed odd to me. So I did the exact same query and got a completely different answer. So I chatted to him online. I go, Tom, I bet you have a Gmail account. He goes, yes, how did you know? Because Google is using what it knows about you to give you the results it thinks you want. Where my viewpoint is, if I wanted TechCom as part of the query, I would have written it. So stop giving me what you think I want and give me what I asked for, right? Same thing with the personalized content experience. Oh, you know me so well. Here's an ad tailored just for you. Um, yeah, I don't need depends. Thank you. But nice try. But no, there's a fine line between helpful and creepy. There is. And it is a very... This could be a whole other podcast on, on that subject. But yeah, there is. And there's, there's been some very interesting research. I actually just did an article on CMS Wire, plug, plug, that came out last month on this very thing around me booking into a hotel where I have sadly lifetime membership level. The things they did know about me, they know a lot about me, that they could have made the experience better by just going at an extra step on the personalization based on the fact that I always stay at that chain of hotels. But it, you're right. It's a very fine line between... 
giving the content back to you that you've already given them, is it helpful or is it creepy? There's been some interesting research done around that about how much content you can feed back before you get into that creep factor. So let's get back to content. One of the things that you actually just talked about earlier on, I was going to ask you is where did the name LavaCon come from? Because I already knew the story, but I thought it was an interesting story. But one of the things I really wanted to talk about is content conferences and putting on conferences in, in the current environment. But I want to actually go back a few years because before we all went into lockdown and stuff, one of the great things about LavaCon that made it stand out, as well as the great speakers and the stuff that you cover, from an educational point of view, is there such a fun event. One of the things that you do really well is really integrate the location into your conferences. Your events in New Orleans are always a big party. Last time we were in Portland, I think you had, isn't that where we had the, the dragon parade right. through the middle of Portland and stuff? One, where do you come up with these ideas? And two, why did you do it? Was it just to differentiate LavaCon or is it part of sort of building the relationship with your audience? Is it part of the content of the LavaCon experience? What was your thinking behind that? All right, those were three separate questions. I'll try to take them one at a time. When we were in Hawaii, we featured local foods, local music, local culture. And that worked until the economy crashed in 2008, and I couldn't get people to Hawaii if my life depended on it. So I brought the conference to mainland U.S. cities. But by then, I'd been known for that aloha spirit. So I wanted to bring that aloha spirit with us to the mainland U.S. cities. So I found fun, walkable places with local cultures. New Orleans, which you cannot find another city in the United States that has more local music and culture than New Orleans. Portland with its farm-to-table organic foods. So that was part of our branding. Plus, if I'm going to teach a conference on user experience, I should practice what I preach. And I should bring a conference experience. Plus, if you're paying that much money for a conference, you deserve better food than boiled chicken and broccoli. I'm a bit of a foodie, so I tend to express my artistic design through the production of the conference, the food, the experience, the location. Second thing you mentioned about branding. I also teach a workshop on personal branding. There are many, many content conferences out there each with its own particular brand and focus and what it's known for. So part of me differentiating myself from the other conferences in the pack was my user experience. The third thing you mentioned was the parade. So in New Orleans, we did a second line jazz parade to our offsite karaoke venue. The next year we were in Las Vegas and had to get people from the hotel to the offsite venue. So I found a alien stilt walker to lead us down Fremont Street so everyone could see where we're going. The next year was Portland, as you mentioned. I'm going, hmm, what are you going to do in Portland? I said, Portland has a Chinatown. Let's see if we can do a Chinese dragon parade. So a kind of tradition was born. And what was interesting about Portland is when we met with the representatives from the temple, I said, listen, we really want to highlight your culture, not appropriate it, right? The leader said, well, in that case, there is a ceremony we do when we get a new costume. It's called an eye dot ceremony where you take paint and dot the eyes over the dragon and he opens his eyes and stands up like you're bringing it to life. And he let us do the eye dot ceremony. And then we got to hold the sticks as we went through the streets of Portland with this Chinese dragon. We were really, really part of the experience. And that's exactly what I was going for. Very memorable. So was the still walker down Fremont Street. I remember that one too. That was... <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. 
And it really does help differentiate LavaCon. So you can't do the parades when you're virtual. Mm-hmm. Au contraire, mon frère. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we were supposed to be in New Orleans in 2020. We already had a second line jazz parade scheduled. We had an opening drum circle scheduled. And I went, you know what? We're going to do it anyways. So we sent everybody an experience box in air quotes that it contained things that they could use during the virtual conference. Everyone got a hurricane glass with a hurricane drink mix and an umbrella. Everybody got a set of drumsticks. So when we did the opening drum circle, it was outside in New Orleans, in someone's backyard. Everybody was masked and socially distanced. They started out the drum circle going, da, and we took our drumsticks and did da. And they went, da, da, and we went, da, 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 and we did a interactive drum circle virtually. Said, we're going to do a second line jazz parade. We're going to do it anyways. So we sent everybody little light up tambourines and they got to go around their desk going, dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 waving their handkerchiefs and hamburger tamping their tambourines. Oh my God, we had a blast. So yeah, we did it. Very cool. Trust you, Jack. Only you could come up with doing that. That's great. So I actually want to sort of take a step back. I mentioned it earlier. You cover a lot of ground in your conferences. You get speakers covering technical communicators, content strategists, web content professionals. And this is going back to something we just talked about earlier. Do you find there's a lot of crossover and synergy between the different disciplines or conversely any sharp demarcations between the different disciplines that you notice by getting all these people together in a common educational environment? The first part of what you said, there's more overlap than conflict, for lack of a better term. Let's step back a little bit. Getting back to this concept of the United Nations of content or having a chief content officer, which I believe you spoke on one year, Alan, where people have said for years, there are silos. Marketing has their content in a silo, like a grain silo. Tech support has their content. Corporate has their content. And people of years have been talking about breaking down those silos. No, we are never going to break down those silos. No one is going to give up their content fiefdoms and control of their content. So our job is actually to span those silos, right? Not break them down, which is why you need to have a content strategy that integrates content from marketing. And I'm using my hands to grab content from one place and bring it to another in the same place. Grab content from marketing and display at the same place we grab content from tech support or training and give the user a seamless user experience or an information experience. They don't care where the content comes from. They don't care if it's in this CMS content management system or that database or this page of paper held up to a camera. They just want what they need when they need it. And that's our job to deliver it. I couldn't agree more as you've heard me talk about on and off over the years anyway. So yeah, I definitely see the need for uh, somebody to own the content across the enterprise, be they called the chief content officer or, or whatever, that somebody needs to take that holistic view of content and how it's engineered, managed, and, and delivered to the customers, very much so. We sort of touched on this briefly when I was asking about how do you do the fun stuff virtually. I mean, the last couple of years have been tough for Conference organizers, I know at Highland, we're just in the uh, stages of rolling out our user conference in October. This is the second time it's going to be all done virtually. The last two years, you know, everybody's been looking virtually. I had a conversation this morning, in fact, about what are we going to do next year? Is it going to be totally in person? Are we going to do some sort of hybrid? Where do you see the content conference sort of industry going in the future as we sort of all start, hopefully, all start to come back together? Are we looking at some sort of hybrid model or in-person conferences going away? I don't think so. I hope not because I enjoy them and I think they're very valuable. But do you think 
the landscape's going to be different or are we just going to revert back to the way we were? I am happy to report that I have the honor and privilege of working with an experienced designer, Felice Banner. Felice has designed our interactive remote track. We've had a virtual track at LavaCon for years, probably five, six, seven years now, for the people who physically could not get to the conference. So the fact that we've been doing a hybrid model, it was easier for us to transition to 100% virtual than it was other organizations because we knew the challenges of incorporating remote people into a live experiential event like mine. We're probably going to go back to that. I am a self-proclaimed type A personality extrovert. I recharge my batteries being around people. Locking down for a year and a half, I'm not going to say it killed me, but it definitely put a damper on Jack's enthusiasm and spirits. So I can't wait to go back to in-person conferences. Also, the exhibitors, a virtual exhibit hall is not nearly as productive as an in-person hall. Sarah O'Keefe, who you may or may not have had on your show already, coined a term, what's for a place I heard it, called the hallway track, instead of the content strategy track or user experience track, where you just hear things in a hallway. You said, oh, I had that problem. How did you solve it? So I'm a firm believer that the value at a conference is so much information you learn having cocktails in the lobby bar and talking with your peers or at our karaoke night or at a booth or in the hallway. It's not necessarily sitting in a session listening, right? So I think we're going to go back to hybrid events. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, me either. Looking forward to it. As a final, standard final question for these great conversations. What would you consider is the one area of content that our listeners could really focus on right now to drive more value out of the content or get more out of their content experience? Sure. I'm going to answer a slightly different question than you asked. It's not not how to focus on the content. It's to change your positioning within your organization. So many content professionals consider themselves a commodity to be acquired for the lowest possible price, given an acceptable level of quality, where they're not treating their content as a business asset, right? This is a revenue-generating business asset that should be treated as such. So one of my favorite lines from a movie is from the animated movie Finding Nemo, where the seagulls, when seeing food, go, mine, 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 mine. And as the content professional in my organization, if I see marketing taking over some project, I go, no, no, mine, 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 mine. I'm the content professional. Let's do this content strategy enterprise-wide. How do we integrate your content into yours and yours into yours and have a common set of terminology and a common user experience and use this content like that cell phone example to generate revenue, right? So it's a change in attitude of the person listening to this podcast. It's not what they should be focusing on, on this content or this content or this content. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it. That is actually a great answer, Jack. And I agree with you a thousand percent. You've heard me say it before. Don't ever say you're just a writer or just a content person because I hate it when I hear that. So be a seagull. (laughs) Very cool, Jack. So this is your time to, not that you've not plugged it enough already, but this is your time to plug. Uh, Where can folks find you? I believe you may have some sort of conference coming up soon. I'm not quite sure about that. Where can folks find you online and find out more about LavaCon and what you've got coming? So two things. I'm actually an IT recruiter specializing in content professionals as my day job. So reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn. 
you never know when you're going to need a job or if you're a hiring manager when you need help finding someone. Then once a year, we do produce the LavaCon Content Strategy Conference. It's coming up in October. And I have a discount code for your followers. Very cool. Do you want to talk us through that? Sure. I know your hashtag is hashtag content journeys for the podcast. So just use that as the referral code to get $100 off conference tuition, which is also the cost of a free workshop if you want a hands-on pre-conference workshop. So it's lavacon.org and register using hashtag content journeys. Thank you, Jay. That's very generous of you. And are you on Twitter or anything like that? Or is it just LinkedIn that folks can reach out to you? Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, yeah, just about everywhere but Instagram. And I'm happy to say that I'm the only Jack Molasani out there, so I'm easy to find. Okay, very cool. Well, thank you, Jack. It's been a pleasure talking to you, as always. Really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. And I look forward to you and I actually getting together in person and comparing gray beards at the bar. Well, we're going to be back in New Orleans in 2022, you know, all things going well. So hopefully I will see you there. Looking forward to it. Should be great. All right. Thank you, Alan. Bye. Cheers, Jack. So thanks to Jack for his valuable insights. Uh, It was a pleasure having him on today's Content Journey episode. If you uh, enjoyed the discussion and would like to learn more about industry-related content insights and events, please join us for the following webinars and virtual conferences like the ones we just talked about. On September the 14th, the future of search, is it natural language processing? September the 15th, the future of retail marketing conference online. September the 21st, document management, cloud, AI, and low code. And please join us on October the 13th to the 15th for the Highland User Conference Community Live, which will be free this year to all attendees. And you can register at communitylive.com where you can find the full agenda. We would be delighted to see you there. And of course, as Jack mentioned, LavaCon is October the 24th to the 27th, and you can go to lavacon.org and use the hashtag content journeys to uh, get a little bit of a discount there. Very nice of Jack to do that. You can always find out more about additional upcoming events on the Nuxio website at nuxio.com backslash events or the Highland website at highland.com backslash company backslash events. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Content Journeys. Got a question or a comment? You can find us on Twitter at Nuxio or at Highland and just use the hashtag Content Journeys. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share and don't forget to subscribe to Content Journeys on your favorite podcast platform. And if you could leave a rating and a review too, that would be great. Again, a special thanks to Jack Malasani for joining us today. And thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm your host, Alan Porter. Stay well, stay safe, produce good content and enjoy your journey. Content Journeys features the copyright-free music of Island by Jericho and special thanks by Roa. Content Journeys is a Highland production in association with Albrecht Training and Design, LLC. Copyright 2021.